0: That's good. Look at, that, look at the lean. <laughs> Let's go. I'm gonna do you a spinach aubergine chickpea curry. Right. I was gonna do a dessert, but then all week, bless you, you've been so sick, I've so you called me up and be like, yeah, for the podcast next week. <laughs> so I thought, I could bear just fill you with junk. Yeah. I thought, I'm gonna give you something healthy. First pop kitchen dessert episode will have to be another time. A sickness remedy. Thank you. It's a go-to.
1: I'm not sick anymore, I was just a bit ill. I had, you know, the cold, the version of the cold that we have in 2021. Is, is much worse than we've ever had It's the it. twindemic, they're
0: calling it. Oh, really? Yeah, ah. twindemic. It's, it's the COVID flu combo. It's, it's gonna take us out. Oh, so yeah. Is it
1: like the, the meme with the sweaty man where he's trying to choose the two buttons and equally bad
0: op- options? I'm really medieval in what I think are cures for illnesses. I genuinely think a good curry and a run outside will actually cure most things. George, I've got some leeches. <laughs> Talia's like, James, you just need to go to sit. I'm like, nah. I run it off, uh, you know, because you only know, run or like you exercise, you feel all the all yeah the I know you come you, out yeah, but also I think that is me cleansing my soul.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I get it, I get it. Yeah. I'm
0: sure there's like, I mean,
1: it's your body also needs rest.
0: I, I I and I know that, and I rest, right. but I'm also kind of like you know, I love, I do this thing whenever I see a doctor outside of. A hospital. Yeah. I am always I always love to myth bust. I'm right. so annoying. I'm like, so when I crack my knuckles, just because <laughs> I'm doing a census of all the doctors <laughs> I know, and I'll give them like three, and they'll be like, you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> but, but then I really enjoy it. You know that Curb episode where yeah. he can't ask a doctor a question outside of the GP practice? No, he's no. like, you can't just see, can you need to check out this mole? And he's like, Larry, you come, you're come, you booking a appointment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've like,
1: seen the one where it's his, he, he meets his doctor's son, and the doctor's son's like, oh, you've got a rash on your neck. That looks like normal dermatitis. I can, my dad can prescribe you with an ointment for that. And he's like, yeah, th- thank you, but I think I'll um I think I'll th- see your father about that. Yeah, yeah. And he goes to see the dad. He's like, I heard you wouldn't take a consultation for my son. He's like, your son is not a doctor.
0: <laughs> you're a doctor. Yeah. Anyway, this is getting cold. So look, tell me what it is. Basically, this is uh spinach, aubergine, and chickpea curry Fantastic. with uh, some basmati rice and some lime coriander avocado on the side. It's it's a great go-to for a Sunday night. Again, if you're feeling sick and you just want mm. something to warm your heart, it is completely plant-based. You can if you want sprinkle some feta on top, okay. I won't tell anyone. With, word, with, with that in mind,
1: I'm going to have some Go of for this. It. I'm gonna just take a little fork full of the uh, ramekin option. that you've taken yeah. <laughs> of, of uh, the curry. Pre- presentation. Presentation, 10 out of 10 for presentation. But we, I agree,
0: the, we really tried for the The plant-based angle is a far cry from the Reuben sandwich we had. Yeah, um, and please follow us on Instagram if you wanna see the full recipe. We'll be posting a picture of this and how to make it with what ingredients.
1: It, we better do that. Then. Yeah, we, we better do that.
0: <laughs> so it starts like all good curries do: frying off onion, crushed garlic, fresh chilli. Yeah. You add your spices. I like to hand in just throw in a handful of fresh tomatoes because you get that added sweetness. Yeah. A bit of tomato puree. Then you've got a really good curry paste. That's like the foundation of it. Throw in some chopped aubergine, fry that off for a bit. Two cans of chopped tomatoes, reduce. Yeah. Um, chickpeas, rinse them off, throw them in maybe. Forty-five minutes before the end. Fantastic. Um, I, I I was working from home today and I was kind of babysitting it. But That's one of the best things about working from home is the is
1: the is the thing you have on the hob, on yeah. literally on the back burner, you just s- bubbling so away. When you
0: start smelling it from the other room. Oh. You're like, oh, what if I? Made? Aubergine
1: is is like the MVP of so many uh, res- recipes because anything with sauce in it, I'm like, you've got to put an aubergine in there because yeah. it will just soak up. It's like it's like a, it's like if it was a, if you were a comedian, the aubergine is the best member of the is the, is the member of the audience that laughs at everything. It's had it just pints. soaks up all the all the good stuff and gives it back.
0: You know what the aubergine is? The aubergine is a thirsty vegetable. It wants to take in. I mean, literally with the emoji. Yeah, I mean, it really <laughs> is a thirsty.
1: But, um, but it is it, it soaks it up. I also have I have a lot of fun with the courgette. I mean, I, I'm a big I'm a big courgette I guy. I, I love that. Sometimes a plate of fried or grilled courgettes. Um
0: question. Answer. So have you noticed the avocado I've made it very limey and zesty. Do you like the sourness contrasted with the uh, curry? I, James, I don't love it. But- James don't like it. I love it. That's Simon Gal over there, really I, I don't like
1: it. Oh, look, I tell you I what, I'm going to pour some of this curry out. Yeah, it. yeah.
0: I, sorry, I, I served the curry in a weird bowl purely for presentation no, reasons. No, no. Uh, when I'm eating this, watching Curb on a Sunday night, I would have it slopped <laughs> into a bowl, or I'd get it on. You the wouldn't sofa. be wearing any trousers. No trousers. <laughs> <You> I'd <laughs> immediately the- like mix it up all together to, to congeal
1: it, picking bits of popper out out your belly <laughs> yeah. button. You're a much better cook than I, A, anticipated, and B, than me. You're a better cook than me. We,
0: we Well, I don't think we ever cooked together. No. We, the, we never cooked at uni. And then mm. if we did, I think someone else cooked. Mm. And I think every time I see you, we're either going out or we're in a rush somewhere, and we'll buy a yeah. supermarket pizza and whack that in the oven.
1: Yeah, disgraceful, really. We really took a gamble doing a food yeah. food and film podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's <could> <laughs> not really
0: disappointing. <laughs> James, you've given me uh, crackers again. Thanks so yeah. much. A couple of weeks ago, I told you I was going to go see The Last Duel. Oh, yeah. um, I did go and see it. Mm. And I thought it was interesting and re- really different to what I thought that film was going to be. Because I think I saw the the trailer for it and the marketing. And I I've watched it, but I don't think I thought too deeply about it. So I, I saw the trailer and I saw, okay, cool. Ridley Scott involved, um, other great people involved. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't know, this is uh, The Last Duel. that's directed by Ridley Scott. It's also starring and produced by... Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And it's their first film that they've written together since *Goodwill Hunting, which came out in... 1997. 1997. So a good, you know, 20-something years since they wrote something together. And I was like, yeah, I'm sold, I'm in. Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, I'm in. And it looked by the trailer that it was going to be this sense of... What happened? What? What? Like, like, wh- who said who? Who said what? What really happened? And it, I ended up coming out of that thinking it was something really different, and I think a bit better than what I thought it was going to be.
1: Can I ask about this uh, this book as someone who hasn't seen it? Yeah, great. So it, it's about the last. Um, um, Jewel in, in in medieval France, which was about uh, a noble woman's
0: wife who was raped? So basically, the last jewel is set in 1300s France, right. so Middle Ages. Yeah. I knew literally nothing about that period of history. I did go with a historian, which helped after My girlfriend studied history and she okay. actually studied okay. the, cool. the region, which really sure. helped. Sure. Uh, get a historian and take it. <laughs> But yeah, so it's set in 1300s in France during the time when they're at war, they're like warring with Scotland and there's all sorts going on. The film takes place over a course of about five or six years. And and this has basically three acts and you relive the same six-year period from the perspective of three different characters. The first time you experience it is through the eyes of a character called John Le Carrouge played by Matt Damon. Then you see it from Adam Driver's perspective and then finally see it from uh, Lady Marguerite or Jodie Comer's perspective. And it's one of those where like, you get the concept, you're going to see different scenes played out differently. But I, I really thought... I really thought it would be a sense of like, it will reveal what really happened. Hmm. And, and what's good about this film is that that's not what it is. It's not a study of like, what happened. It's a pure study of perspective. Right. And that's why I thought it was really interesting. For <laughs> those of you who don't know that the, the idea of it being The Last Jewel was, this was one of the last times that, in medieval times, if there was a legal dispute between two parties, they would fight to the death to solve the dispute, and it was seen as whoever was right, God cheerly, clearly chose the righteous yeah. one and let them live. And that would be like solved under the king. And, it, and in the last jewel, the king kind of says, Well, can we do a jewel? Is that still a thing we do? Like, yeah, yeah, it's still part of our <laughs> law that we can do that. And the king's like, Well, yeah, fine. Fight <laughs> does, to the, fight does he to say it like that? Are we kind still of. doing the jewel thing? A, a, a little bit. He, he's kind of like, oh, Is that something we can do? And his advisors, in very different language, he's like, Well, it's part of the law, so if we want to do it, it says, it, like, says yeah. it right here. It is set in France, and the language, is, the, the, the accents are not French. You kind of got this very well, we are knights of the realm. And ah, uh, Jean right. Le Carrouge, what do you think we should do? Right. And it's like, well, Jean Le Gris agrees that it was differently. It's kind of like uh, the voices are a bit, if Will Ferrell was doing an SNL sketch set in the Middle Ages. Oh, like, no. I am a knight of the realm, <laughs> and I will pass this on to you, <laughs> my squire. So it's a little bit distracting not when sure. you, it's meant to be French, but it isn't. And everyone's called Jean Le Carrouge. Jean, Jean de something. Jean de something. Um, and yeah, so what happens is you have uh, Matt Damon, who's married to Lady Marguerite. And from, so- from something that happens, Lady Marguerite says that this man, played by Adam Driver, John Legree, came over when you were away and raped me. And there's this whole thing oh, where okay. he, she says it was rape, he says it wasn't. And you've got this whole thing that escalates from there. Mm. And the two of them who already don't like each other end up challenging each other to the right, death. Right. And again, what I said, so you're going to see this perspective played out three different times. Yeah. And the first time you see it from Matt Damon's perspective, and I actually really liked Matt Damon in this film oh, yeah. because he plays a very different character to what he's done before. And I actually think he was doing something that I hadn't seen Matt Damon do. And especially towards the end when you're seeing him from a very different perspective, I actually really thought that's an interesting way to play a character. Adam Driver and Jodie Comer's performances are brilliant. Even if, even if I, have, I have problems with the film, but worth seeing because the before, I, I, I do think this film would not have worked and would not have been able to pull off, pull itself off. <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't have been able to pull it off if those two central performances weren't as good as they right. were. Um, and w- what it became about ultimately, as I said before about perspective, is not about whether or not someone was or wasn't raped sexual assault. It became about what is the perspective of someone who would think of doing something and what is the perspective Mm. of someone who experienced that and what are all the other things about it. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm. Were you interested in it?
1: Yeah, uh, I um, I think when I first heard about it, I was Kind of on the fence. I thought Ridley's a bit unreliable, actually, sometimes.
0: Funny enough, for, for someone like a director like Ridley Scott, he, he I think he used to have a real seal of quality attached mm. to his name, and I think in the if Ridley Scott's directed Gladiator, Alien, which we already yeah, talked about, yeah. uh, The Martian, most recently. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think he used to ha- he used to carry a lot more weight, and I think now it's less of a a huge guarantee yeah. of quality.
1: Uh, and I'd said this before, I'd seen All the Money in the World, which was his previous film, which I thought was right. really, really a bit of a mess. And uh, But um, but no, but then uh, but then I I was, uh, when Matt Damon was doing the press tour for um, Stillwater, you know, his recent film, oh God, yeah. he mentioned, he's like, oh, I've got The Last jewel coming up, and he explained it. And I thought, that sounds actually really interesting. That's how I knew about the fact that it was with Ben Affleck. And, yeah. um, but uh, I've heard increasingly from people that, whether or not you know it might be flawed here, flawed there, I should check it out. It's yeah. really interesting. I think it's kind of, um, it's already not showing in cinemas nearly. I think I it, it's really suffered. So I, 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 it's a real shame because I really did want to catch that on the big screen.
0: And not to sort of flex it over you, I'm glad I did see it in the cinema purely right. because it was a really challenging watch in a good way. Literally, there, there are some jewel. things that are really hard to take in. Mm. And I'm glad that I saw it in an environment which was completely closed yeah. off and i could take it in because i worry if i watched it at home i would be slightly distracted and not completely focused mm. on all of those things there are a couple of really nice detailed moments that you see you're seeing something for the second time or seeing for the third time and you're like that is different mm. that wasn't said that character doesn't think they said that or and and e- e- so there are a load of things that you see yeah. and you're like okay so that's different that person doesn't think and there are a lot yeah. of things where it's exactly the same, but the interpretation was different.
1: I think this is why it interests me now, because I I didn't realise that that's actually quite a very modern way of very modern mode of storytelling for a very, you know, historical period piece, isn't it? That kind of setting with that mode of storytelling, I think is quite interesting Contrast, and that's why I'd be interested to see. It. You know, m- you know, from, told from different perspectives. That's usually saved for crime films. Sure, you know? uh, vantage, point. Uh, vantage point, or the end of Ocean's Eleven. You know, yeah, just like yeah. the reveal. Oh, actually, it was this the whole time. And um for it actually to be about, you know, like a trauma like that, and in 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 the Middle Ages.
0: Yeah, i, I, I that's piqued my interest. That's all I yeah. need. Yeah, I remember. So I saw it with my girlfriend. We both came out of the screening, and we were like, "What? That was." a challenging watch, but in a good way. And then we just started really going over all the differences and -hmm. and, and why. And it didn't become, it wasn't like I thought it was, like what really happened? And actually, if I was to criticize it, by the time you get to this final duel, it's not Mm -hmm. what's important. What's important is not what happened, although I was slightly interested to see where it would go. What was interesting, again, was like Mm -hmm. getting into the mind of someone Mm -hmm. who thought events were like this way, and actually they perceived something to be so different. And of course, like mm. the tragic irony of this of this whole thing is that the, the conversations that they're having about yeah. whether or not something is or isn't sexually violent is depending on whether or not you can have, take pleasure from sex, and if you became pregnant from a rape, mm. does it? Well, if you, you have to have an orgasm to get pregnant, so is it even rape if you enjoyed it? All these horrible questions are actually still being debated mm. in courts today. So it's a unfortunately really relevant film yeah. to today, and you can look out at this and feel very uncomfortable about the state of the world now. Mm. Do you know the thing about like about about it being about perspective? Though I think it's quite resonant because
1: I feel like in the past decade, maybe even in the past five years, with um, the increase like boom in d- documentary viewing, um, we've realised that um, you know everyone actually it's like that thing they say in Itonia, it's like everyone has their own truth actually. Yeah. And there is no and this like this idea that there is one you know empirical set version of events is we've seen it in countless documentaries where people's events counter one another and they're, 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 sources in history. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and and and. Um, and it's all, and it is all perception, and it is all perspective, and and I feel like narratives like that are increasingly relevant because mm. um, we are we are so individualized uh, at the moment, and the way that we things are given to us and the way that we perceive them is so uh, unique to our.
0: And it breaks it yeah, up like that. So the fir- the yeah. film opens and it, it's black screen and it says the truth according to Jean Le Careux. Ah yeah, that's and the truth get, according to yeah. And, and you get the Matt Damon's yeah. perspective. What is and truth? then after yeah. about 30-35 minutes, black screen, the truth according to Jean Legris, which mm. is then Adam Driver. And then finally it, it will go on to do Lady Lady Marjorie's version. And uh, yeah I really, I really
1: hope I can see it. I really hope that sounds really, really cool. I, I think
0: I think if I was to criticize it, I would say that it, it did feel a little bit like it was trying to have its cake and eat it. So I, again, like the way in which I saw the trailer for it and was marketed to me, I was like, big, sweeping period drama, mm. big battle, like gritty, yeah. Ridley Scott esque, flowy dresses and, yeah. and knights in armor. So I was like, oh, like it's that kind of film. And I think if I was to, you know, if you were going to be really cynical about Game of Thrones, yeah. uh, ending out of it, taking the side of the finale, you could say to some extent, it did feel especially in the earlier seasons that it was this little like CD. come see your tits and your dragons and also your fights but i think they actually got away with a lot of that because they were also a very good show yeah so even though you did get that sense it was yeah. your sunday night fodder yeah it got away with that but game of thrones i don't think ever really tried to tackle anything really deep mm. on that level no. it was kind of saying that women were objectified mm. and there were prostitutes right. in game of thrones and that was it i think when the last jewel enjoys a couple of scenes where I think it admires the female form maybe a little bit too much Mm. for one scene. And then 10 minutes later, you're going on to talk about very heavy subjects relating to like the male gaze and sexuality Mm. and power. And I did think you kind of want to show both of these. There are a couple of moments where I think it's really important to portray uh, like sexuality in that era Mm. and like the the dichotomy that men and women face and the differences in how it's perceived. I thought that was important. But there are a couple of moments I was like, you kind of... Uh, may, maybe I'm being very cynical, but I thought you do just want to kind of show some... Or, like, you're lingering on the female mm. form maybe a bit too do you much think more think should... I trying to say. It should, it should be... This This could be more subtle. Do you it, think... It's tackling something really delicate.
1: Do you think it should have been directed by a woman? That's a really good question. And I'm asking you, a man. And asking me as a man. And I, I'm a man asking that question, so... What I think uh, the, the right answer would be to say that it, you'd have a very different perspective. Mm. I know I know the script, I know it was Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but also Nicole
0: Holofsner, I think is her name. She also was involved in the, the writing the script. So yeah, there is an element I, I, I don't want to spoil, but yeah. it, it. you know how I said before, it wasn't a case of what happened. It was yeah. about perspective. Yeah. This film decides about two thirds mm. in what it's trying to say, and it lets you know very clearly right. what it is. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And it's as clear as day. You sure. go, this is not... This is not. Uh, what do we really? It's like mm. this is what happened, Sure. and I don't want. I don't oh, want to ruin it. No, it's no, that's what's it, worth also, experiencing that transition for yourself. I wasn't trying to say that. Oh, it, it
1: should it have been directed by a woman? Because um, you know, magically, therefore, it will reveal. Yeah, you know, yeah. But um, okay, I'm gonna check it out. If I can't see it on a screen near me, I'll be the first thing. The first thing I'll watch when it comes
0: on. And you need to streaming. see a drunk Adam Driver dressed as a knight reading Latin to a table of knights. I, I I'm up for that.
1: Did you see the old Batman trailer? Did I see Batman trailer? <laughs>
0: it's very emo Batman, isn't it? It's very kind of like teenage. He's got the floppy. Oh, hair. it's angsty as fuck. Yeah, it's, you know. it's, it's really graphic novel. Yes, and uh, I, what, what you know, I took from it. When I w- I watched it and then rewatched it, stopping, pressing the space bar. This is the new. Just to just this to explain is, to you who you This is the seen Batman, uh, starring Robert Pattinson as a younger Batman, directed yep. by Matt Reeves, um, who
1: did um, the Planet of the Apes yes. reboots, which did. I liked, really liked those, except for the first
0: one, that was actually Rupert Wyatt. Yeah. A fun fact. Uh, um, and this is this is new. It's not connected to anything DC are doing, as far as I you know, which tend to be their better films, which kind of drop. Yes. That. Um, and yeah, they had it. They had they did a trailer about. I don't know, maybe six months ago, that had this amazing undertone, for that Nirvana song, Something in the Way. Right. And it's Kurt Cobain humming, like, Something in the Way. It's so, like, and Andy Serkis is like, you've received a message, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> and he's like opening up this Riddler question. Well, it's, so, it's a brilliant trailer, yeah, but it's yeah, very yeah. early on. You couldn't I, see I it. I mean,
1: also, I I, I, knew the, I knew before I watched this trailer what the cast is going to be. They've got Paul, Danio, Paul Dano, oh, who's good in everything, so good. as the Riddler. And I was like, last time I saw the Riddler, it was Jim Carrey, 1994.
0: Yeah. That's a very different film. <laughs> yeah. And that's also a film I used to watch when I was sick, actually, yeah. as well. Um, you know who I, th- I always thought Jim Carrey would make a great Joker now? Yeah, not Riddler. I think if you cast oh, Riddler, yeah. Jim Carrey, like almost in a wacky, similar, not the same, but a similar wacky Phoenix if, role. If like, Wacky Phoenix it. was busy, they could have got Jim Carrey. And they Do you not have think done? that would be a really interesting thing? Yeah, yeah. Not I, doing I, the Ace Ventura I, thing. I, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, of you course. You wouldn't get it. <laughs>
1: Of course, I, I, I love Jim Carrey. I, I, I'll always watch him. So yeah, that, that would have been really cool. I'm um, sorry. D-roll. No, who else in the cast is Colin Farrell as... This isn't a spoiler, because they've clearly... I'm yeah. it as Looking the, very different. Because he's penguin. the Penguin. Yeah, he's
0: he, Catwoman again?
1: Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. But, uh, but as, you, Colin Farrell is unrecognisable as the Penguin. He looks like um, Val Kilmer he looks yeah. like he looks like a yeah. you know, puffy well or richard kind clearly related. in a fat
0: suit and then yeah fa- facial prosthetics all the way over but
1: paul dano love colin farrell love zoe kravitz always like Rob yeah. robert pattinson has proved himself huge enough for
0: our pads but okay so they released the trailer what do you think i i've really enjoyed it there are some shots in that trailer man which are so cool and as i was saying when i was stopping and starting it every single shot in that trailer, you might say, well, James, it's a film, was painted perfectly mm. for everything. They, they had this real consistent theme of black and red. Everything mm. was black with a hint of red. Mm. And it's like, like I was saying, it's like a, a clear graphic novel color palette. And it, Did you ever watch the Batman animated series? No. The cartoon? So that's like a really, really good, it's probably like the highest quality early like early saturday morning cartoon and it's really good quality if it's your first ever batman content i recommend to like watch the animated series cuz it's a great intro into like all the all the villains but that 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 animated series was drawn on black paper Mm. So most cartoons are drawn on white paper and you fill out. They started with a black canvas and mm. then painted the color onto it. So everything is in shadow. Yeah, yeah. Shadow. Everything is silhouetted. And watching this again, graphic novel, it made me think that is going for a really yeah. similar dark, brooding vibe.
1: Do you know, I, I I I enjoyed the trailer. I thought, wow, this has got a lot going for it, and I I look forward to watching this. Here we go. I, it's just it's just it was so full on the trailer. It was so it was so packed full of ideas. It was a lot. I was like, "This looks very messy. I'm getting a lot of mess. I'm getting a lot of interesting ideas, a lot of interesting imagery, but I'm worried that you haven't been able to corral this into a cohesive uh, trailer, let alone probably film. and always I always get nervous when superhero films have multiple villains or mm-hmm. me- multiple major characters so- three. Uh, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 2.
0: Yeah. Just, just
1: the classic thing. Oh, we're going to have Penguin and Riddler.
0: Do you and think it's Cattleman? very easy to cut together a cool Batman trailer? Because you've got all the brooding slow motion shots and the flying and the oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think vengeance. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. How hard is it to make that look cool? I think
1: if you have the, uh, the budget of, of DC and you have the cool shots, yeah, you can make a pretty cool trailer. I mean, it's not, you know... I was talking to friends about this recently. About uh, I don't know if you saw the licorice pizza trailer for Paul Thomas Anderson's new new film. No. wonderful trailer. Oh, oh I think so. Maybe it's got you know Estelle Heim in it. Um, it. It's 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 I an think amazing like, I trailer. Yes, I did. It's like the coming of age tale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, a brilliant trailer. It pretty much shows the entire do you film. Like, you see, I hate the film. Uh, I know. That I know. Now. But but that's what I mean. This trailer is. Is cut to David Bowie's Life on Mars, yeah. right? So you cut any trailer to that, it's going to look amazing. Like you know, <laughs> and, and, and so it doesn't. So when I see the Batman trailer, I think, okay, well you know you can you can put your imagery together and you can get your nice look, but I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Robert Pattinson as well. I
0: think. Yeah, great very, guy. Very happy Solid. with him. He's definitely in that caliber of hopefully S- going to do a good job with it.
1: Such an established actor now. Yeah. Like, it's just, I mean, what great projects he's done in the recent years. Good Time, The Lighthouse yeah uh high life uh
0: yeah uh, i'm looking forward to it that one shot where he's walking down the hallway and i am noticing there is a trend of cool hallway shots like rogue one oh, yeah. luke at the end of mandalorian right. like the daredevil hallway See so it's becoming a, bit of a thing but you know like they're just opening fire on a machine gun you could just again it's completely dark oh, yeah. all you hear is like the light and yeah. the lights are what lighting oh, is. oh
1: it's the darth vader and moment in rogue one yeah yeah, and it's the, only the bullets lighting him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, Again. I. Uh, that's sick. So that's out like what March next year? I think it's out
0: early. Yeah, is it? I'm not sure actually.
1: I'll give no, it a go. I've
0: no, got- thought it was going to be this year and got pushed. All right, oh, I can't wait. All right, should
1: we play a game? Yeah. Okay, so I had uh, I had a little think. And you know, you and I have talked about lots of films, films we've seen, films we haven't seen. I mean, that's right. And um, I was thinking, you know, James, you're a, you're a videographer. You're, I mean, some some may even call you a filmmaker. They're they're welcome to. Why not? Um, And I was, I want to put something to you. I I got a call the other day from all the movie studios. Oh, did they call all of them on a conference call? That's nice. They've all made up, and they said, George, listen, we're. um, you, we know you're James's agent. We I said, love James. Yeah. We love him. <laughs> well, please. He was so good. He's so good. And uh, they said, George, we want to use James uh, as our number one director to go to. All of us have agreed here. He's so good. We want to use him for everything, right? They said, but we've run out of ideas and we've run out of money. So the only way uh, we can get through things is we want to hire James. He will be our number one director, Yeah. but he has a budget of one million dollars. Per film, and he has to use that one million dollars to remake some of the most famous films in cinema.
0: And this is hard because a million is like the smallest large amount of money to yes. make a film.
1: It's 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 doable, but 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 in a hard way.
0: It's restrictive.
1: So just to summarize, yeah. you have to remake these films for a million dollars.
0: Reimagine, remake.
1: You can you can reimagine if you want. Yeah. You don't have to stick to the story, but you have to keep the title, and it's got to relate to the title yeah, somehow. Yeah. Okay. okay?
0: All right. Fast ideas, elevator pitch. All right, I'm going to bring him.
1: Okay. Okay, film number one. Let's go for one of, like, the biggest earning films of all time. Oh, okay. Titanic. How are you going to do Titanic? And bear in mind, if you reimagine this, people will be expecting a film about a boat.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you take it in a different direction, I mean, you've chosen a very, you know, visual effects, heavy requirement film there. A lot of water. Um, So I think what I'd do is, I'd you know, Forget, forget wide shots, right? right? Yeah, can't afford them. No, nope. I can't be asking. I can't be yep. needing to render like a detailed, nope. high res, full size Titanic. Uh, forget, forget expensive main characters. Yep. Leo DiCaprio, sorry mate, you're out. Yep. Kate Winslet, you're Go. out. Um, I'm gonna tell a much smaller scale story. Okay, so you know in Titanic, right? There's a great scene in Titanic when. Rose and Jack just finished the car scene and they run out onto the deck and they're like fully in love. And then they cut to Anton Deck in the crow's nest <laughs> and, they're like, and they're just up there. And you know, it's like, smell ice, can you? Bleeding Christ. And they just have a bit of banter. Wait, are you being serious? Sing.
1: Yeah, I've never seen Titanic. You haven't seen so, Titanic? It's well, not just... Anton
0: Deck. Wait, you haven't seen Titanic? No. You've not seen no. Titanic? No.
1: I've never seen it. I know about the car scene. I know, I know. I think I know what happens at the end. Yeah. Um, wait. Oh I, my God. Wait. I mean, was, was
0: that a joke? Okay, you say about today? No. Deck? Okay, it's not actually
1: add to deck. Well, why'd you say today
0: like then? It's it a like add to deck. That's not just like 1997. Okay okay, okay. okay. So this is how this is how the, the, that moment happens in Titanic. Rose, uh, Rose and Jack at yeah. like the height of their romance have the car scene. Yeah. They come out Steamy. onto the deck, completely just in love, yeah. laughing Post-causal. and dancing on the yeah. deck. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. And you can hear, th- and then it's the camera slowly pans up to the top of the crow's nest yeah. where there's two two guys in their black coats freezing to yeah. death, right? It's, it's a North Atlantic, yeah. middle of winter, ice, ice all around them, yeah. right? And they're, they're distracted and they're looking down at Jack and Rose thing. And they go, Oh, could you ever be in love that much? Blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, Oh, it's freezing. I can smell the ice. So, this is not yeah. the direct dialogue. Yeah. It's something like they say. Basically,
1: they're not aware of the massive and then, iceberg. They're
0: not see- and then all of a sudden, they see huge iceberg right ahead, and then they're like, "Oh my god, Call down, like, get yeah. the phone, swing, right, 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 it yeah, down." Yeah. And like iceberg right ahead. The <laughs> guy just says, iceberg right ahead." Gets the engine thing, rolls it, and the captain spins the wheel, grips oh. it, this whole moment when you realise it's it's all, and they just like graze the side of the yeah. iceberg. God, it's like it happened to me yesterday. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> But, and then you cut back up to them and he's like, smell ice, can you? Bleeding Christ. And you never hear from them again. Right. So what I would do is I would make I would make, yeah. a million dollar budget thing, of just call it the Titanic crow's nest. And it's yes. them two. Yeah. But you don't just see them right at the end when the iceberg comes. It's the whole time. So nice. They, they meet yep. up there. Got it. Oh, nice yeah. to meet you. I'm I'm Chris. Yep. Oh, I'm, I'm Andy. Blah, two man blah, blah. play. Two man play. And I think it's kind of going to be like the trip yep. where... For most of an episode of the trip, it's yeah. about impressions. It's about yeah, sure. fil- referencing films. Are you describing then, our podcast? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, at the end, it becomes about relationships, fatherhood, oh, loneliness, deep. success, yeah. career. And then and they like, die. Wow, this has tried to be so much. <laughs> so mine would be like loads of really fun banter and chit right. chat. It would still be a three-hour film. Yeah, um, sure. And then at the end, it would be this like, wow, we missed the iceberg. Got to go down.
1: I assume the fact that you can't, you know, assume... Um, um, I assume the fact that you can't shoot this on the ocean and you know uh, on water so
0: would the backdrop just be like a sheet that you get two people to hold up? And yeah, sort of like I'd rent like a blank studio space, right. build the crow's nest, yeah. right? That can't be yeah. that expensive, and probably not. And then just uh, yeah, like like a like a big roll out two man, of
1: the ocean. Two, basically two man play. A two man, yeah. I play. mean, like, you
0: know, we know we know the love story of the Titanic yeah. that doesn't exist. Jane, I've got a new story that doesn't James, exist. I think you'll have money to spare. Yeah, you, I think you, you'll have <laughs> money left over. You think I can get a wide shot to establish it. <laughs>
1: or you get an iceberg (laughs) I think you could rip some generic iceberg footage from like a David Attenborough film and then just like
0: slot that in there I'm still quite shocked you've not seen Titanic
1: uh, I grew up in a very anti-Titanic ha- household, really? which is a really weird thing to say. <laughs> like, like weird... not watching that smut. <laughs> no, uh, it was no junk like... mail, no Titanic. <laughs> no, I don't know when, why you Northern, but I know when Titanic came out, I was three years old. Okay, and I think my parents had seen it and they thought it was a load of old rubbish. Yeah, and therefore we never engaged, and never watched it, and I've wow. never, and I've never returned to it. I think I've gone back and maybe watched like you know the scenes at the, the end. Scenes. but Also. It's, it's a long it's film. It's long, it's a three hour film. And I've just never really felt compelled to go back to that. But what I have done, this is really random, mm. is that I went through a phase when I would come back from a party late at night when I was quite <laughs> pissed um, of like going down a massive Titanic rabbit hole. Not Titanic the film, I'm talking the history. like the history.
0: I watched a two and a half
1: hour animation that, that, that um, was the Titanic tragedy in real time yeah the two and a half hours from clipping the Ice back to city and they rendered it as they rendered it as an animation brilliant and and i was hooked because what they capture is how dark it was because it's just just, you're in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night and how um silent it was it was just you're in the middle of the ocean just it's just the stillness i found it so eerie and i watched the whole thing on my phone on my bed like like an idiot you know welcome to the, the 20th like century yeah. <laughs>
0: that, that that film is um the iceberg hits right bang in the middle so you've got an hour and a half oh your... i thought it was
1: at the end no no oh right you've okay. got
0: a whole drama of oh, like the God. ships going down and and so, so the film the film starts with rose is yeah. 84 years old yeah the jewel and she, yeah. yeah they're looking for the, the necklace and you've got real footage of the bottom of the time because they actually went to the bottom of the atlantic ocean they found it yeah yeah, yeah yeah um and then yeah, you, you cut straight to after about twenty minutes of yeah. good old like Rose being old, and then you cut into the story, and it's it's the classic rich girl poor guy yeah, that right. whole dynamic. Yeah. You you forget that the ship's yeah. going down, and then boom, yeah. that scene I just described to you, and then you've got the whole drama. Um, you know, I will defend Titanic, and I'll say it'll get you, it'll get you. It's a tearjerker still. All right, you know it's, what? But there I, was there was room on that door. Yeah. Oh, clearly, honestly. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, okay. doesn't, uh, uh, he doesn't comment on it. He says, I have no comment. And he gets asked every single interview. He's like, well, could you have fit on the door? It's like, I have no comment.
1: <laughs> I'll check it out. Okay,
0: should you though? Like, I think I think, you, sh- I think you should.
1: Uh, maybe when I'm ill again. I think that's an ill one. That is an ill one. Because also that takes up the whole afternoon. You, have to, yep. you don't have to think about what you're going to watch again. Oh, James, that's a brilliant ill one.
0: I'll be interested to see if it, it gets you a lump in the throat. Do you know
1: what I should have also watched when I was ill? A long film that I have seen before, Gladiator. But I haven't oh, seen that for a long time. Oh yeah. Gladiator to be a good one. Are really cool. oh, you not song, entertained? I'm doing the th- you know, the song at the end. You know, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I think it's end sure. yeah. All right, next one. Uh, okay. Um how about if it's gonna be uh, you know, Doom Rule the Studios on that conference call, Kevin Feige says, We want to remake Iron Man, but you've got to do it for uh, a million pounds. again, it, but- let me guess, does it involve like ironing? <laughs> like actual irons. <laughs> it could it
0: could do. It could involve like the plight of a of a, of an of, a, of, a, of a dry cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> no, so again, very expensive visual effects heavy film. Yeah, um, can't afford Robert Downey because nope. his 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 wage is like fifty times the budget of the yep. film. Um, okay, so I would go. So it's a, I I'm going to go with the logic that it's a remake. So Kevin's like, oh, uh, okay. Oh well, yeah, he's like, we we we're where we are, and he wants to go. I, I need an Iron Man something I need something called Iron Man
1: a straight to DVD <laughs> straight to like 99p version so
0: I would use archive footage of what Robert Downey's already done oh, right. oh I love the imagination I would be wow. like, you, know, you know in the very beginning he's in this huge mansion like tech weapons I think so. I've only seen it once and he's got that workshop garage downstairs yeah. I would have like the cleaners reaction to seeing all this stuff <laughs> Cause like, cause that house is clean. Pepper Potts isn't cleaning; she's too busy running Stark Industries, yeah, right? Sure. And then, like, the guys just starts mopping the floor <laughs> next to the, the thing, and like, you know, Jarvis is there. He's like Mr. Stark has said he would like to have the floors and his new Iron Man suit wash. and he's like, <laughs> "What? Say again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wants his what? Why was it private?" There's, there's equipment everywhere
1: head to toe polished yeah.
0: why didn't you mention that to me and he's like he's he's opening out the, the sweaty iron man suit that he's been oh. all day <laughs> yeah can you imagine yeah i right, keep it clean for me oh my and god and it's like do you know the jarvis cam of him like failing to fly around yeah. it's just a huge mess and he's like destroyed his supercar mm. and you know the guy the, the girl who does the sheets yeah. the bed sheets is like have you seen this he's like well <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, I don't know what he's doing he's going out I see. He, uh, this was, is I, good. I, I reckon I could wriggle Quez poucher in for one scene and yeah. be like, just they could all be a committee. Like, look.
1: This just is... loads of goop products. That's and, how you got her in. And, you
0: know, uh, he hasn't revealed himself as Iron Man until the end of Iron Man. Yeah. So, he, actually, it's just a load of weapon tech gone really wrong.
1: It's just a load of shenanigans, basically, <laughs> like, told <laughs> through the, like, the kind of upstairs-downstairs vibe of the, of the housekeeper and the, yeah,
0: <laughs> the cleaner there. I want to know the story behind that huge... Wealth disparity uh, <laughs> I
1: want to know that as well And also yeah. what, It's a nice inversion Of the whole Like Alfred Batman thing Instead of it being like M- Mr. Wood It's like
0: Mr. Stark I want to see Alfred Having a cigarette in the bar At the end yeah. of a little bit